Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Presented by Corona Premier. With only 2.6 carbs and just 90 calories, it's the light beer you've been waiting for. Also presented by Edward Jones, making sense of investing. And by Erskine Park Golf Course, Elbel Park Golf Course, and Studebaker Park Golf Course. Now, here's Darren Pritchett. The Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett, joined by the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, Tim Firestone. Tim, it's good to be with you. How are you? I'm good. I apologize um, that it's taken uh, two weeks for me to get my act together and get on with you, but happy to be back again for another season of the golf show and um, uh, looking forward to uh, spending some time with you each week. Absolutely. Looking forward to speaking to you as well. And it's been a weird start to the golf season. I feel like, Tim, everybody got their clubs out of their closet, cleaned them up, hit a few balls, maybe play it out at Blackthorn for a couple of days, and all of a sudden the winter weather returned. What type of a start of the year have you had out at Blackthorn? Well, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, we, we started out early and, and strong, and then um, it's like – Everything just shut down, basically, and it's been really a horrific spring. So our rounds are way down uh, in comparison to the last couple of years, and um, I think hopefully we'll have a bunch of pent-up demand and everybody's going to go crazy uh, once we get this weather to break. So. Well, the great thing is, Tim, the golf course is in really, really good shape. I mean, you think about we're in the middle of April. The greens are very, very smooth right now, and the fairways and the tees are a beautiful green, so you wouldn't know we had snow just a few days ago. I know. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, even though the weather hasn't been warm, you know, the growing conditions for the golf course and and without the play, uh, the course is perfect right now. It's crazy. So I guess that's the good news if there is any, but um, uh, like I said, once we get this weather to break, everybody can come on out and enjoy uh, great course conditions. Well, it's supposed to be in the upper 70s today, so this is going to be a perfect day for people to head out to Blackthorn. You know, we stop the golf show every day, every year, basically in June, Tim. So there was a second half to the summer that we didn't have a chance to talk to you about everything going on at Blackthorn. I guess as you sum up, 2021 at Blackthorn Golf Course. Uh, what are a couple of things that come to mind? Well, I, it was another record-setting year. Um, you know, I think the the carryover from the popularity of golf, you know, with the pandemic uh, continued, and um, we saw record number of rounds and revenue. Um, and uh, it's just uh, it's incredible. You know, we've talked about it on this show a lot, but. Uh, the comeback that golf has made uh, is absolutely unbelievable. So uh, we had a great year, and um, I think that, uh, you know, we've got really uh, a good mix of revenue 
uh, at Blackthorne from our black card holders, um, for uh, outings, whether it's a charity outing or a corporate outing. Uh, and then we still get a ton of play from out of town, hmm. Chicago and, you know, different guys coming in. So, um, you know, we've uh, really amped up our instruction uh, as well, made some investments there um, on the Blackthorn Golf Academy. So that's driving in uh, more revenue and, and record number club sales, Darren. I mean, hmm. we've never sold the amount of golf clubs, and that's continued into this spring. So um, we're seeing a lot of optimistic signs uh, again for 2022. We just need Mother Nature to cooperate here for us a little bit, but uh, I don't think uh, we're losing steam as far as popularity with golf. Well, for our listeners out there, you know, working here at WSBT Radio, being inside for the last almost 23 years, I've actually started working out at Blackthorn just as kind of a fun part-time job to get outside, get amongst the people and, and fresh air and pays for a little travel baseball for my son, to be perfectly honest. But I've learned a lot, Tim, being out there at Blackthorn, learning from your staff, including John. And, and the golf course, I, I love the fact that there are no shortcuts and making this a championship-looking golf course. I'm sure there are ways, Tim, you guys could cut back money and this and that, but everything is done first class. I see it up close and personal. I'm glad I haven't ruined the golf course at any point. I haven't driven any bunker machines and any lakes yet, so that's a positive. But I just want to give a tip of the cap to you because that golf course is in such great shape. It's a championship-level golf course, and like I said, you invest in making it that, so... I'm sure there are many owners that could probably cut corners and we would see the golf course look a whole lot different. Yeah, well, thank you for that. You know, we take pride in making sure that we're reinvesting and and it's not, you know, uh, just with labor and, and all the details you see day to day, but also uh, you've probably seen some of the new equipment that we've bought. So every year, we're, you know, we continue to upgrade our, our maintenance equipment. Um, and uh, obviously that's, you know, what we're selling. The golf course has got to be uh, in great condition. It's such a great uh, layout. He um, has been there for 28 or 29 years, and uh, he, uh, you know, just does an incredible job. Um, and uh, we're proud of the product. And, uh, uh, again, thanks for your help uh, being out there. It's good to have uh, – guys that understand the game of golf on the maintenance crew because that's not always the case so it's good to have people out there that know what they're what they're doing as far as the game of golf is concerned all i can say is after working there for a little while now please replace your divots (laughs) (laughs) amen that yeah. makes such a big, big difference. But, you know, there are mixes on the golf carts, and we have mixes that we use. But it's amazing how quickly the grass can bounce back if we take care of it properly. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, as, as much play as we get. I mean, last year we were close to 30,000 rounds of golf. Wow. Um, which is incredible for northern Indiana. Um, you know, that's compare. I, I guarantee you uh, – well, yeah, I would say we probably play the most rounds of any golf course in our area, including, you know, uh, Erskine and Elbel. And um, for the course to be in the condition it, it's in is, is, you know, just kudos to John and his uh, kind of strategy uh, on how he keeps it going. But 
as you know, we could hire somebody, maybe two guys, full-time all summer just to fill in divots, <laughs> whether it's on the Park 3s or the fairways. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, no question about that. Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. I'm Darren Pritchett on the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Tim, what type of opportunities do golfers have right now at Blackthorn? I know for years you've talked about the Blackthorn card. There are memberships. Uh, what different directions can golfers go if they want to be a fixture out at Blackthorn Golf Club? Well, um, yeah, thanks for asking that. That's kind of how we uh, have set up our membership schedules where we really feel like we've got a program uh, available for everybody, whether you play five rounds a year or you play 100 rounds a year, we've got the right uh, options for you. And uh, everywhere from, you know, uh, $99 for the black card, I think we're at 119 now on that. And then we came up with uh, about two years ago for the people that play a little bit more golf called the Blackthorn Plus card, which is 219 but you get even more discounts. And then we get into our full memberships where we have like a weekday membership, our silver uh, which has been very popular, and then our gold is pretty much includes everything. Uh, play whenever you want, um, the whole kit and caboodle. And so with those mixes, um, uh, we, we, we've been very successful in each of those categories uh, in, in both finding new members, retaining existing members. And what we're seeing this year, and we saw early in the year, again before the weather went south, is uh, a lot of folks upgrading from you know, their black cards into uh, the full membership categories. So uh, that, for me, is important to see that uh, people enjoy being out there and they're willing to invest to, you know, make it their home course and, and spend uh, the extra money uh, to do that. I know one thing I noticed working out there, there are golfers of all ages that play the golf course, and a lot of people are taking advantage of some of the hybrid or dare I say the front tees which shortens up the golf course a little bit and both of us are getting up there in age and at some point we're not going to be hitting the ball as far I'm just glad to see people taking advantage of the tees that are up there is nothing to be embarrassed about it makes the golf course shorter and actually I think it makes it more enjoyable for that type of player no I think yeah, it's a great point Darren I, it, the, the stigma uh, has really been erased as far as what tees you're playing, you know. If we went back 10, 15 years ago, I think uh, a lot of these guys that are playing the forward tees never would have dreamt about playing up there. But uh, now from those up tees for, the, for these guys, even though it's Blackthorn, the course is so much more enjoyable. They can get to the par fours and two, you know what I mean? They're not having to hit driver three wood wedge. Um, and uh, it's kind of, uh, it's been neat to see, uh, you know, uh, these different groups of older uh, folks move forward uh, and play those up tees. I think it's great. So, Tim, for people that want more, more information about Blackthorn, website, phone number, they can check out. Yeah, blackthorngolf.com. We've got a great kind of uh, brochure that spells out uh, all the different membership options, and you can kind of compare to see which one, uh, as best for you and uh, or stop in and see us um, or give us a call at 232 golf um, but uh, yeah the website is really kind of uh, all of the information uh, is, is loaded up there 
All right, great weekend to go out and play Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, blackthorngolf.com for more information. This is the Corona Premier Golf Show. Tim Firestone, Darren Pritchett with you on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's a Saturday morning on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Streaming live at WSBTradio.com and with our free WSBT radio app. Good morning to you. I'm Darren Pritchett. We do have the Blue Gold game coming up later today on WSBT Radio. 1 o'clock, the scrimmage will get underway at Notre Dame Stadium. It is a terrific day to watch some football. It's a terrific day to play some golf as we're expecting a high temperature in the upper 70s today. Let's take a spin around the PGA Tour. And last weekend, the tour made a stop in Hilton Head, South Carolina, for the RBC Heritage, oftentimes the tournament after a major suffers from a lot of the big names deciding to take the week off. This week, it was actually a pretty good field at the RBC Heritage. First off, I love this golf course. It is an old-fashioned golf course. A lot of the tee shots for the pros are amongst the trees. It is a golf course with a lot of tight driving fairways. There is a challenging par three on the back side with water around the front and the right side of the green. It's not a long hole, but you can't really bail out too far to the left. There are some trees and a bunker. It's just more of a demanding golf course. I think there are weeks that we as golf fans are fine with seeing 23, 24 under par win a golf tournament, birdies and eagles are fun to watch. But in an era where technology has really taken hold of the PGA Tour, the equipment the guys use, the golf ball is always in question how far the ball is going today, how technology is making some golf courses obsolete. Well, then there's the old RBC Heritage at Hilton Head where driving the golf ball accurately is a premium. Hitting good approach shots into smaller greens is essential. This is one of those golf courses where the longest guy normally doesn't win this golf tournament. you got to keep the ball in play on this track. And you take a look at the leaderboard from last weekend, and it's not necessarily guys you think about that hit bombs off the tee. Hey, they put it out there a good distance, but they're known for other parts of their game. And as a matter of fact, the winner of the golf tournament was American Jordan Spieth, who defeated Patrick Cantley in a sudden-death playoff to win the RBC Heritage. It was a jam-packed leaderboard. I think making the turn on Sunday, it felt like there could have been 10, 12 guys that could have won this tournament. You look at the final leaderboard, Spieth and Cantley finished in a tie at minus 13, Then at minus 12, you had Cam Davis, who had a red-hot round early on on Sunday to post that 12-under par. He was joined by J.T. Poston, Cameron Young, Sepp Straka, the Austrian who won on the PGA Tour earlier this year, veteran American Matt Kuchar in contention, Shane Lowry, who was looking for his first victory since winning the Open Championship in 2019. It looked like it might have been a week that was his. 
But on that par 3 14th, the one I was describing a couple of moments ago, he pulled his tee shot, he drew it to the left near a tree and a bunker, and ended up chipping the ball onto the green. It was a very, very narrow portion of the green he was chipping to, and the ball took a decent bounce and just kept rolling off the green into the water, and that ended his chances for the most part as he ended up posting a double on the par 3 14. Still shot 69, still had a chance to get to 13 under par, just couldn't get it done. And the leader going into Sunday, Harold Varner III, had a shot at a victory, ended up one shot back at minus 12. But for Jordan Spieth, he needed to birdie the 72nd hole just to have a chance to stay in contention to win this tournament. Little did he know at the time he drained that 10-foot putt. That would get him into a playoff with Patrick Cantley, the defending FedEx Cup champion. In the playoff, both Cantley and Spieth hit their approach shots into the front greenside bunker, and Cantley drew the short end of the stick as his golf ball plugged while Spieth had an okay lie, but much better than Cantley. Spieth hit a bunker shot close, and he would go on to win the playoff over Cantley. And Jordan Spieth now has 13 career PGA Tour victories before the age of 30, putting him on a very impressive list that I'll tell you about coming up in just a couple of moments. But after Spieth outlasted Cantlay in the sudden death playoff, this is how Spieth described his victory at the RBC Heritage in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It was one, you know, you have a lot of events where you feel like you should have won and someone outplays you or makes the putt or something. And a couple times you have one where you you feel like you played good but not good enough to win. And I, I honestly felt like this was that week. Um, I needed a lot of things to go right. I needed to birdie the 18th, then needed some help, got some help, um, dodged a bunch of bullets coming in, and then ended up in a one-on-one playoff where my lie in the bunker, although not great, was certainly better than Patrick's. So, um, yeah, it's a, a, a bit of a surprise. I, I definitely felt like I was putting myself in the position hole-to-hole this week to, to win a golf tournament, um, and I just was having a hard time early in the week adjusting to the speed differences from last week. And then um, the hole started to look small to me yesterday and, and then just came out today and said, I'm not going to leave one putt short. And um, and if they miss, they miss. And, and just try to be a little bit more aggressive and made just enough to, to cap it and, and win. Well, Jordan Spieth has been known as a guy that can be pretty good with the short stick. From time to time, there's that hiccup. And he had a couple of hiccups this weekend at Hilton Head as Spieth missed a couple of putts right around 18 inches, one in the first round, and then one in the third round. And the third round miss caught a lot of headlines because it was in the midst of the golf coverage, of course, on CBS Sports. Spieth in contention as he missed an 18-inch putt on the 54th hole of the golf tournament, the 18th hole on Saturday, and that dropped him a shot further off the pace set by Harold Varner. It's one of those putts where it just seemed like concentration lacked for a moment. The putt lipped out, and Spieth was left to wonder, wow, is that particular putt going to come back to haunt me? But the missed putts really didn't stop there. On Sunday, he missed a four-footer on nine and a five-footer 
on 10. So despite those hiccups with the short stick, Jordan Spieth still found his way to the winner's circle. Yeah, it was just tee to green. Um, you know, I, statistically, you know, I, had, I made a couple putts from off the green that'll go on chipping stats, but um, so it wasn't quite maybe as bad as when I looked yesterday. I was a bit shocked at where I was at, um, strokes gained, uh, and that was pretty frustrating. I mean, I knew I wasn't putting well, but um, it was certainly better than, than that showed. And just thought, you know, my goal was to get back to strokes to positive strokes gain for the week, which meant I had to make up a few today. And early in the round, I, I certainly did that. Um, missed a three-putted on 11, and, and but then made a couple more coming in. So um, that was uh, obviously very happy to be in this position. I Every year, I think about Kapalua at the beginning of the year once I'm there, and I, I, I missed it for a few years, and I never want to miss it again. I'm really glad. Um, that this will get me there, and, and what a great tournament to win. It's, a, it's an amazing golf course. After winning the RBC Heritage, Spieth was asked, while he was waiting for the other golfers to finish, did he feel like that missed putt on 18 Saturday was going to cost him the championship? I mentioned it to Michael and to Annie afterwards. I said I knew riding in to the clubhouse to sign my card, I said I knew that that, that on 18 was going to cost me, and I hoped it did in a way. Um, because if it didn't, it meant I just played a very average round today. Um, so I hoped I worked my way into contention despite. I was about as upset after the round yesterday as I can ever remember being on a, in a golf tournament. Um, there's just no excuse for those kind of brain farts as a professional. Um, to myself, but also to, my, to Michael, who's working his butt off to go out there and, and do that, that could potentially affect the outcome of the tournament. Is just, And I've done it a number of times on this stretch in the last four weeks of just, so Annie told me last night, she said, you have to take five seconds now. And she never comments on my golf. And she said, you need to take five seconds. If you miss a putt, you're gonna tap it in before you hit your tap in. And so I try to think about that today. There's a couple times where I was just gonna rake it and I was like, no, I gotta take five seconds. And, um, and I'm just glad it didn't end up affecting it at all. To be honest, just made it a little more exciting at the end. Well, I think for many of us that play the game of golf recreationally, you miss one of those 18-inch putts. It does not leave your mind for the rest of your round. It may haunt you the rest of your evening and can't go to sleep because of that missed putt. Maybe there might have been a little extra on the line in your foursome because you missed that 18-inch putt. But what separates us from them, among many, many things, is the mental side of the game. They've got to put those moments behind them quickly. Now, for Spieth, it was a little different. It was the end of his day, so he had all night and the next morning to mentally regroup, get refocused, and prepare for that next opportunity to make that 18-inch putt. For me, it would have been bugging me for days. Well, Spieth was in the sixth-to-last group on Sunday, so he had a good while to wait to know his fate. Several players had a chance to pass him. It looked like Spieth might finish third or fourth at one point. But those guys that were after him still on the golf course once he completed his final round didn't make enough birdies or they couldn't avoid danger like Shane Lowry making that double on the par 3 14th. All of these gaffes opened the door for Spieth to have a chance to win this golf tournament, and it all started by getting new life, just getting into the playoff. I, I, we, I was inside, and 
and I hate, I can't I, I can't stand watching golf when you're trying to dodge made putts because these guys are so good. Every single putt looks like it's going in, and it was just way more nerve-wracking than actually playing. And I thought um, if I dodged Patrick's on 17, I thought he was he would birdie 18 or at least get a good look, which he did. Um, I went to the range after he hit his second shot thinking I'd come right back in uh, that he would make that putt. And um, I don't know what ended up happening. I guess it just missed on the right side maybe. And um, and then fortunate to not have more than one other person in the playoff. Well, it's been a tale of two different weeks for Jordan Spieth. You go back to two weekends ago, the first major of the golf season, the Masters at Augusta National and Augusta, Georgia. Spieth missed the cut. He shot a four-over-par 76 in his opening round, followed that up with a two-over-par 74 in round two. He missed the cut at plus six. That's something that Jordan Spieth had never had to deal with in his career at Augusta National. You look at his previous finishes at the Masters, his debut in 2014. He almost won a green jacket in his first go-around. He would have become the first person to win the Masters in his first time in the tournament since Fuzzy Zeller back in 1979, but settled for a tie for second. Well, he took care of business the following year as Spieth got out of the gates fast. He opened the Masters in 2015 with an 8-under par 64, followed that up with a 66 on Friday, then 70-70 on the weekend, and Jordan Spieth won his first and only green jacket so far in 2015. He nearly went back-to-back. He had the lead on the back nine in 2016, ran into trouble as so many have on the back nine on Sunday at Augusta. He finished once again in a tie for second. Since then, 2017 at Augusta, Spieth finished tied for 11. 2018, another top five. He finished third. 2019, a tie for 21st. 2020 was the COVID year in which the Masters was played in November. His worst finish up until this year, a tie for 46, but he bounced back a couple of months later in April of 2021. Another top five and a tie for third place. So at Augusta National, he's got a win, two ties for second, and two third place finishes. But last week, or I should say two weekends ago, the first time that Spieth missed the cut. So how did he go from missing the cut in a golf course he knows so well and plays so well, and then bounce back a few days later to win at the RBC Heritage? It was very... um... I'd, I'd never missed a cut at the Masters before and very rarely had not had you know a chance to win on the weekend. So I hated it. It was the worst feeling. Um, for uh, It was the worst feeling um, as a golfer that I can remember. Uh, I just, I, I, it's my favorite tournament in the world and I just love contending at that event. And I was hitting it really, really well and honestly just didn't feel like I deserved to miss that cut. I, I, I felt like I hit shots right where I wanted to and ended up somehow at six over. Um, what, you know, wind gusts here, you know, it wasn't playing easy, but it was just, I got, I felt like I got some unfortunate breaks um, on some pretty committed and nice shots. Uh, I've been hitting the ball really, really well all spring, better than I did last year, and I just haven't been scoring. Um, and so I just I put in a lot of hours on the putting green this week. And to be honest, like if it helped incrementally, it was just enough. Um, it, it wasn't. Um, 
I got a lot more work to do. I've been putting a lot of work into my full swing, and that certainly takes away some of the time you put into to other parts of your game, including putting. And um, so I think I can kind of shift the other direction now and get to, to really working on the stroke, which is what I tried to do this week off of last week. I mean, that, that was the frustration. Well, while winning at the RBC Heritage Speed has been working through a swing change, who knows, maybe that affected his putting a little bit, spending more time on the range than the putting green, whatever the case may be, missing all those short putts. Ended up not hurting Jordan Spieth as he won for the 13th time on the PGA Tour. So after winning a tournament in which he hit the ball well but missed all those short putts, does he feel like he should have won by more? Or because of the way he putted, does he feel fortunate that he won the golf tournament? Like a Sunday on the, on the PGA Tour, I mean, it's just um, you compete. And the first three rounds set up today, and today is all about – you know, trying to close it out, and I, I, I want to say, you know, I thought if I made that putt on 18, I just thought it was tricky enough. The wind was shifting. I knew somebody was at 14. You know, I think it was Eric at one point, and then it went to Shane. And I just thought, you know, maybe with these closing holes, um, I might, might. I thought it was maybe for a playoff. Um, when I finished, I heard Shane was left on 14, and then chipped it in the water, and thought, you know. Okay, I really like having posted just because it's tricky, but um, there's still some wedge opportunities for those guys coming in. And when Shane, Harold, and Patrick all parred 15 is when I really thought that, you know, I was still in it. Because if they made a birdie there, they just needed one on the last three, and there was going to be essentially a wedge, a nine iron, and a nine iron. Um, so you'd think out of three guys um, that somebody might make a birdie on those three holes, which Patrick did. Um, but I dodged some bullets on 15, and, and no one made birdies. And I think that was the difference maker there. That whole tr- just tricked people out. As I mentioned for Spieth, his 13th PGA Tour victory, and you take a look at this particular stat. Individuals since 1990 who have won 13 or more PGA Tour events before the age of 30. Topping the list, no surprise. Tiger Woods won 46 times on the PGA Tour before the age of 30. He now sits at 82. Second on the list, Phil Mickelson. He won 16 times before the age of 30. Then it's Rory McIlroy with 15. Justin Thomas has 14. Former number one player in the world, David Duvall, an Open champion. He won 13 times before the age of 30. And he's now joined by Jordan Spieth who is still only 28 years old, 13 wins before the age of 30. And it's been a great couple of weeks for the Texas Longhorn Golf Program. They have back-to-back victories. Scotty Scheffler at the Masters, Spieth at the RBC Heritage, and for Spieth, I think he enjoys the Easter weekend because this is the second consecutive year that Spieth has won on the PGA Tour Easter weekend. You go back to last year, he won the Texas Valero Open. It was his first win since 2017, so that was a very emotional win for Spieth. One year later, he wins in South Carolina. With the victory, Spieth jumps up 10 spots in the world golf rankings from number 20 to number 10. He ended last year in 14th place in the world golf rankings. We now look at the top 10. Scotty Scheffler, four wins in his last six events. He sits number one in the world. He was number 12 at the end of last year. 
Colin Morikawa. Morikawa, excuse me, is still in second place. That's where he finished last year. The number one player in the world at the end of last year was John Rahm. He is now at number three. Patrick Cantlay, who lost the playoff to Jordan Spieth, is still in number four position. Victor Hovland has moved up three spots since last year. He's at number five. Cameron Smith has made a big jump from 21 to six. Smith won the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass and was in contention on the back nine at the Masters until dunking the ball in the water on the par 312th on Sunday. Rory McIlroy, who had that 64 on Sunday at Augusta, ended last year ninth in the World Golf Rankings. He is now seventh. Justin Thomas has dropped back one spot in the rankings to number eight. Dustin Johnson started this year number three in the world. He is now ninth. And as I mentioned, Spieth jumped up 10 spots to number 10 in the World Golf Ranking. With that move by Spieth, Sam Burns falls out of the top 10. He is now 11. Three players that were in the top 10 at the end of last year that have fallen out of the top 10 this year. Xander Shoffley was sixth at the end of last year. He's now 12th. Bryson DeChambeau dealing with injuries has fallen from number five to number 20. He's going to have surgery, so he's going to fall back even further. And oh, by the way, that Tiger Woods guy ended last year 566 in the world. He is now 757. And oh, by the way, Tiger knows a lot about the world golf rankings. He was number one in the world for 683 weeks, by far the most in the history of the world golf rankings that I believe got started late 80s, early 90s. That's a look at what's happening on the PGA Tour. A very popular win, Jordan Spieth back to the winner's circle, winning the RBC Heritage. Up next, the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. That's a two-team player competition with a purse of $8.3 million. And a couple of important events before we get to the second major, the Wells Fargo in Potomac, Maryland, May 5th through the 8th, and the AT&T Byron Nelson in Texas the following week. That leads into the PGA Championship, May 19th through the 22nd at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this is a golf course that has hosted a handful of majors, 1958, Tommy Bolt won the U.S. Open. In 1970, the PGA Championship was won by a great putter, Dave Stockton. The 1977 U.S. Open at Southern Hills went to Hubert Green. The 1982 PGA Championship, Raymond Floyd took home the major. Followed in 1994, a major win at the PGA for Nick Price. The most recent U.S. Open at Southern Hills, 2001 was won by Retief Goosen, and the most recent major overall at Southern Hills, the 2007 PGA, the victory to Tiger Woods. And oh, by the way, in his bio, Scotty Scheffler, the number one player in the world, his favorite golf course, of course, Southern Hills in Tulsa, where the 2022 PGA Championship takes place, and Scheffler will look to take step number two in winning the Grand Slam this year. This is the Corona Premier Golf Show. I'm Darren Pritchett on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish and today's Blue Gold Game scrimmage at 1 o'clock. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 
My name is Darren Pritchett, the host of Sports Beat AM weekday mornings from 6 to 9 here on WSBT Radio. Joined by the owner and longtime golf show co-host Tim Firestone from out at Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. Tim, I know the Masters was a couple of weeks ago, but I got to get your take on a couple of storylines from Augusta National as someone that has visited that particular golf club for the Masters. First, I just have to ask you, from your perspective, I know you haven't played the golf course, but you've walked it. Can you put it into perspective for the average golf fan? Not only Tiger Woods making the cut 14 months after that car accident that nearly led to the amputation of the lower part of his right leg, but to walk that golf course four consecutive days knowing there is all sorts of metal and screws in that right leg, how much of an accomplishment is it? Because I'm always told that the feel on TV just isn't the same as being at the golf course. Yeah, there's no question. The, oh, the elevation changes are enormous. And I, I think I texted you and John uh, during the tournament, like, how many times have we counted this guy out? You know, like, his career's over, he's not, you know, he's done, he, he can't do it. And then every time he just uh, finds a way to, to come back and, such a great story for golf, great story for his resilience. And I feel like, and I think you would agree with this, he's kind of, you know, been almost reborn uh, with the fans and, and, you know, kind of his status and uh, how important he is to the game and how he treats the fans. And it's, it's neat to see uh, this version of Tiger. I think that's a great point, Tim, because the last time he came back after – the issues he had away from the golf course, there were a lot of people that, A, were never Tiger fans, but, B, there were Tiger fans that were kind of turned off by Tiger Woods, and his receptions were not always big roars. But this time around, I think, I don't know if sympathy is the right word, but understanding what he was going through, I think for the first time he looks more human than a robot. And I think mm -hmm. the fact that he is more friendly to the media, he is one now to actually make eye contact with fans, and I'm not going to say he's going to have a conversation with them, but he's going to tip his cap a little more. And I just think the golf world put their arms around Tiger at Augusta National, and we went from 60% of the golf public cheering for him to almost 100%. I just think the feel was totally different. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, he's at the point of his career, you know, coming up, what, 44, 45 years old, where the appreciation uh, of what he's done for the game of golf uh, is just, I think people really can, uh, you know, grasp onto that and uh, put the, you know, his past um, indiscretions behind him and, and just enjoy the fact that he's out there. I mean, it's unbelievable. So I think, you know, you hit on the head. I, Tiger haters, I think, still were rooting for him. You know what I mean? Uh, and for the, him to come out and play the way he did, I mean, obviously on the weekend, obviously it got away from him a little bit. Um, but just the fact that he's out there making the cut after a year away from, you know, completely crushing his leg. And, you know, what? like you said, walk. 72 holes, mm. you know, playing at the highest level uh, on that golf course is nothing short uh, of miraculous. Wow. 
I don't know if you caught any of the father-son tournament in December, but have you seen his son's golf swing and how well he swings the club? He's got, in my opinion, I've never seen someone at that age with that kind of a golf swing. I mean, it is flawless. Uh, He's just, he needs to grow. You know, he's really small, even, you know, for his age. But look out, man, that kid is the real deal. Speaking of looking out, Tim, Scotty Scheffler, four wins in his last six events. He had never won on the PGA Tour. He won on Super Bowl Sunday out in Phoenix, and now he's won four of the last six. He wins his first major. He wins a green jacket. My question is, does he have a heartbeat? Does he sweat? Because he looks so under control of that golf tournament for 36 holes. You know, I've liked him from the day uh, he came on to the tour. Um, I think that he's such a rare uh, breed. His personality is, I think, uh, perfect um, when it comes to uh, winning. And he was the most accomplished junior player we've ever seen. He won over 90 tournaments uh, as an amateur uh, golfer. Um, and I look at his golf swing and I look at the way he putts and I just, it, it, it's just solid. There's no, it's not like he's, uh, just has one aspect of his game. You know, he does it a long way. Don't get me wrong, but that's not his whole game. I mean, he just, I think is comfortable winning. He's comfortable in those high pressured moments. Nothing seems to get to him and he knows how to win. So, uh, man, it's been fun to watch uh, him uh, play and um, how he's kind of taken it all in and handled it has been spectacular. It's amazing how when you can control the mental side of the game, how much easier, not easy, but how much easier the game is. When something goes bad for us amateurs, sometimes it's very difficult to recover. But when he had a hiccup, he didn't even seem to flinch, Tim. He just has a great control of his emotions, which I wish I could steal from him. Yeah, well, I think a lot of us wish that, too. <laughs> I think there's some guys on tour that wish they had that, too. But, again, I go back to with his experience in winning golf tournaments through his whole life. He's, he's been there and done that, right? So he's probably had big leads. He had a couple bad holes. But he knows if he just sticks to the game plan, grinds it out, that he can win. And that's, I think, what he... How to win, you know. Um, and basketball and, um, you know, good athlete. He's, and he's a big guy. I think he's, what, 6'3", 6'2", um, or 6'3". Um, so he's got all the tools. And I like his swing. His swing's going to hold up. I think for a long time, it doesn't seem fluid. That's um, thing, to be honest, with the his feet are moving, you know, quite a bit, yeah. a lot more than most <laughs> of the guys on tour. Um, so there's, I don't see a lot of tension or, or uh, you know, you take, like, for example, take a look at Jason Day who was, you know, still is a good player, but was a great torque and twist that he puts on his body compared to Scotty. It's like night and day, and it's showing up that now Jason's day 
just got bad back. He's got health issues. He's having a hard time staying healthy to, to try to win. And I don't see that with Scheffler's swing. I think that swing stands up for a long time. Tim, good to be with you once again. Looking forward to another golf season with you here on WSBT Radio. Sounds great, Darren. Thanks for having me. That's Tim Firestone, the owner of Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. I'll wrap up the Corona Premier Golf Show next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us on the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And don't forget, coverage of the Notre Dame football blue-gold scrimmage comes your way this afternoon starting at 12.50 with the game beginning at 1 o'clock on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This has been the Corona Premier Golf Show, presented by Corona Premier, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Also brought to you by Edward Jones, making sense of investing, and by Erskine Park Golf Course, Elbel Park Golf Course, and Studebaker Park Golf Course. Hear the Corona Premier Golf Show every Saturday morning at 8, or catch the podcast at WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.